welcome to the Comics is Our Better podcast, where we cover the world of independent comics. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and with me, as always, are the other hosts of the show, Carrie and Darcy. Hello. Hello. How are you all doing today? Okay, so, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I'm excited that this is the last episode for this We're season. Taking I'm a gonna little break. be very honest. This is not... This, this has been hard. This is your first time around. This is this is a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, to be an international podcaster, I'm assuming yes. at some point. No, I just I don't I know this is Hello like, Europe. <laughs> I know this is not like a huge podcast, but yeah. at the same time, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication, I think, for you guys. And it shows me how much work you guys put into it so I mean kudos to both of you because it's a lot of reading it's a lot of thought it's a lot of preparation and it's I'm building up my stamina for it but it's uh it was hard this time I was like oh we're taking a break excellent because I certainly need it it's time for so good job everyone a little vacation yeah that's that's why I think the 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 10 episodes of the little built-in break is always a good idea (laughs) because then we don't lose our minds (laughs) it gives a chance for things to come out see if anything comes out that's good within the break you know lots of things can come out in a couple weeks Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and so you got lots of things we have a packed show today uh we got some big news we got some phones dropping on desks and we also have um um Onion Skin by Edgar Camacho uh, to talk about as our main topic. So uh, let's uh, get this started. Uh, first, first things first. Um, actually, this news came from a listener and uh, I would say friend of the podcast, uh, Laura, um, all the way from Belgium, speaking about uh, international listeners. Uh, and Unfortunately, it's not great news. It's uh, Piao Studios, uh, which is a Swedish-based uh, uh, comic book company, are closing their doors uh, at the by the end of this year. Um, they will be publishing a few more books, um, but their web store will be open through 2022. Um, it's a, it's a small press that's had some some pretty good books that have come out from them. Uh, they kind of are like Stages of Rot is one of the books that uh, that they get a lot of notoriety from. A lot of very nice artist work. Uh, Gleam is another book that you might have all heard of or Heat. Um, very, they're very um, art-based, I would say. And, um, but, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, they're just, you know, speaking about being busy and kind of taking a lot of time, uh, unfortunately, um, they just don't have the the money or the means or the time to to continue um, with the studio. Yeah, that always kind of sucks. Like, I don't know. Like small presses. I wish they could do better. I wish they could all do better, especially international ones. You know, like I've said tons of times, I I want international comics to do really well and to press forward and to, you know, get their comics all over the place. So I really, really hate to hear this. Um, Um, But hopefully they'll be able like the comics that exist, like Gleam, uh, these comics that exist at this, uh, this, this uh, press will be able to be picked up elsewhere and be able to pass forward so elsewhere is this just 
is this the, is this just the nature of the business or is this also COVID related? Uh, it, they didn't really say much about why they were closing, um, but I have a feeling it's it's kind of both because even before COVID, small small presses like this, you know, they're kind of on a rickety ladder that could just give out at any time. It's funny because, you know, today in California, we just opened completely, which is yes. fucking insane. It's so weird. And so um, we have no restrictions, no masks. It's just a fucking free for all now. But like this entire time during COVID, you've heard about bars, you've heard about restaurants, you've heard about small independent stores, you've heard about comic book shops, but like you don't really hear about the places that make the products for those businesses. Mm -hmm. And so like, it, that's why I was just asking, cause it's like, oh, that's definitely, that to me as someone who's not really familiar with, especially like a small press going out of business, it feels very timely because of COVID. But I mean, I don't know if that's correct or not, but it just feels like, well, of course, if these other businesses are, haven't been doing well, you know, then the places that make the product would also definitely not be doing well. And that's even like shittier to me because these are, I don't know. I just, that sucks. I write about like supply chain issues mm -hmm. for other industries, not for the comic industry, but like for other industries. And like the reason why in-store like store stores are having issues not just because people aren't showing up but because there's like issues with the supply chain as well mm -hmm. like everything had issues because of covid mm -hmm. uh, yep. presses um actually kind of have um like did a little bit better in that way because like this is work that can be done from home and it is a product that can be bought at home and can be consumed at home. Mm -hmm. uh, so while uh, COVID definitely will have had an impact on it as it had an impact on everything, people can, you know, people were uh, more careful, I think, with their budgets uh, than they might have been before, uh, might have, you know, been more cautious of where they spent their money. Um, uh, uh, I'm not sure if that would have been the only factor um, that would have hit this necessarily. Okay. I, 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 I would have definitely said it probably contributed because mm -hmm. it's definitely contributing contributing to everything like who knows what it's done to its employees mm -hmm. um you know like to its office space uh, that sort of stuff um but like y you can make comics out of the office kind of thing yeah, uh, yeah. you can publish online like they have a web comic or they can mm -hmm. they've got their web store right yes they so do. they they have you know like those resources that they can make available mm -hmm. it may not be their preferred method uh, but they have like that side of the business that they can they can take advantage of at least okay exactly and which like you know like semiconductors can't <laughs> yeah exactly which is the whole ps5 slash any kind of home or like you know like uh, cars right yeah, yeah exactly but um but yeah no the um the sound it sounds like um it's a it's a time issue where basically um that they've had less time over the last uh, year 
to do this. And it sounds like it's a one or two person, you know, of, you know, company essentially right. kind of the same thing that's happened to short box where um, they're not going to be doing the boxes anymore. They're just going to be becoming kind of more of a traditional uh, publisher and releasing two or three books a year um, because it's just the, the one person that's handling this out. Uh, I'm just being facetious out of the basement, essentially, you know, like they um, are, you know, like, you know, especially now when maybe a con- you know, the economy is not doing great and maybe whatever other right. job that they have that still can support this business is not right. working out so they got to work extra hard at somewhere else and mm-hmm. not be able to do the thing that they love i'm assuming they love this because why else would you publish comics if you don't love right. it there's no other reason well, <laughs> um, really sucks about it yeah but um this is a good time um you know if you know definitely i'll put the the their web store uh address in the the notes uh, so you guys can all check it out uh, it's wonderful art wonderful right you know like some of the stories I've heard from actually from Laura uh, that some of the stories don't make um a lot of sense the first time you read them or read them but you know like you, once you you know it's still great visual medium to to check out and so um I I would definitely urge you all to check this out and and get you know throw some money over to some people who probably need it at this time okay well absolutely so thank you laura for uh letting us know about this because it actually did not come up at all on any of my my news uh feeds that i get so same i appreciate that and so well something that did come in our my news piece is um sarah gatos who has been the editor-in-chief uh for oni and then also lion forge uh, now that they've combined is stepping down um not any um reference of why they are doing this uh, it's it's an immediate step down um but um it sounds like it's pretty amicable and like they both agreed to it to that you know it's, it's not not a firing or anything like that um sounds like um sarah's gonna be doing some other stuff um and uh, James Lucas Jones, who used to be the editor in chief of Oni, who's now the um, who's now the the publisher, uh, is going to be taking over interim uh, on the editor place. So uh, Oni has always had kind of a, a special place in my heart. I think this was that was like as I said before, like the first indie comic company that I really ever got into. So uh, hopefully, it leads to good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um. Hopefully she's going to do something interesting that this yeah. isn't something weird behind the scenes, strange thing. Like hopefully this is, you know, she's off to do something she wants to do kind of same thing. Go off to do something you want to do. Although I would be very happy to see a woman get fired for love bombing someone. That would be a nice oh, no. <laughs> change of events. Oh, no. no, 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 no. I'm just teasing. Yeah. So whatever's good for the goose is good for the gander, even when it comes to harassment. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's the thing too, is that like now you hear about somebody getting like amicably parting and i'm not saying I'm right not right right oh no 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 i i totally but i'm like oh what's going on like you like, right it's a conspiracy theory 101 all of a sudden yeah, exactly no absolutely that was my <laughs> my first thought too you know she's she's kind of beloved i think like mm-hmm. yeah. you know and i don't know anybody that doesn't hear that name and it's kind of like oh yeah uh, but yeah, my first thought when I saw that was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so sad that we're at that point. Now. Exactly. Nowadays. <laughs> so that, sad that we that can't trust it. Everyone's on the bubble, it seems. 
Yeah. But hopefully, like I said, hopefully she's done this. They've done this because she wants to go off and do something, you know, interesting that she wants to go do. Like, I don't know, maybe she wants to go start her own something or another. Wants to go make a movie or wants to go, I don't know, retire on a beach somewhere. Well, hopefully she gets to do, um, you know, like Karen Berger or the uh, Shelley Bond thing and like get like an imprint or something and that's just basically her being the editor slash curator of it if that's what she wants to do yeah she wants to go do her own thing that would totally be awesome exactly i just hope it's not like for something bad i hope she's not sick or i hope she's not yeah like i hope it's i hope it's not something terrible i hope it's totally awesome and she's off to do something cool Mm -hmm. definitely okay well um speaking of things that are cool and a little bit better news. Uh, we actually are now officially in awards season, at least for comic books. Um, the big ones, the Eisner Award nominations have been announced. And um, well, um, the, the whole, the whole uh, list is, is available, but since we are a independent uh, comic book focused po- uh, podcast, that's what we are. Podcast. Podcast, apparently. Then uh, I, I think I just wanted to kind of um, note, note some uh, some indie comics that have gotten some uh, some good nominations. A lot of Image this year, which is great. You know, I mean, it's I know Image is the biggest of the indie comics, but um, but still, I mean, it's, it's great that they're that they're getting some nominations, including of. Uh, Bitterroot, which was a previous topic a few weeks ago, um, and also Stillwater. Uh, both of those uh, are nominated for Best Continuing Series, so congratulations to them, along with yeah. Usagi Yojimbo, which should be nominated every year, and I hope it is. <laughs> um, Department of Truth uh, and Gideon Falls as well. So um, the only non-independent um, comic that's nominated for Best Continuing Series is Daredevil, which is Sadarsky, which is excellent. But yes. But still, I mean, that's pretty amazing that that out of the six nominees, only one is is big two, and um, best and lim- deserved it definitely. And so, best limited series, a little more DC and Marvel in, in that actually just DC, um, but uh, but the ones that we want to talk about are Barbellion, Red Planet, which is the spinoff of the uh, the Black Hammer series from uh, Jeff Lemire. But uh, this was written by Tate Bramble and Gabriel Nanez Walton was the art on this one. Um, Decorum by Jonathan Hickman, which I've been meaning to get back into. Hickman, um, this is definitely Hickman and his Hickmanist. So um, he is. What the fuck does that even mean? It means that <laughs> reading it single issues is, yeah. is very, very, very difficult. Gotcha. <laughs> so I, I'm waiting to, to get back into it. I don't think you'd like it, Carrie. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I just wanted to, uh, some basis yeah. for the comment. And, uh, one another book that I have mentioned before, We Live by Inaki Miranda and Roy Miranda uh, from Aftershock has also been nominated for Best Limited Series. Um, you know, it's not, there's two books on here that are not uh, independent comics, but they're both excellent. So I just want to just give props to Jamie's, or Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. It's not Jamie's pal, Superman, mm-hmm. which I guess that would also work. That and, would work. <laughs> and also uh, Far, Far Sector by uh, N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are both excellent series, and uh, you didn't hear from me, but please check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, best new series, uh, crossover by Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw, uh, Department of Truth once again with James Tinian, uh, Philadelphia, uh, which I don't think we've ever talked to talk about, but it's a vampire mm-hmm. book by uh, Ro- 
Ronnie Barnes and uh, Jason Sean Alexander. And uh, one of my favorites of last year, uh, We Only Find Them When They're Dead uh, by Al Ewing and Simone DeMeo. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Um, see if there's anything else. Uh, Fangs by uh, Sarah Anderson, which we've mentioned a few times here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best Humor Publication. Um, and also um, the uh, on best reality-based work, uh, Big Black uh, Santa Attica, which I've heard really good things about uh, from Boom. Uh, Dragon Hoops also was nominated by Jin Wen Yang. Definitely a fantastic book. And um, a few other, um, this is all independent comics on this one. Uh, Invisible Differences, the story of Asperger's, adulting and living a life in full color. Um, Kent State, Four Dead in Ohio, Paying the Land and Year of the Rabbit, uh, which are all series I never heard of, but I'm definitely going to check them out because there's a reason why they got nominated. Probably. And, yeah. All right. Is so, there Magic Fish on there somewhere? I'm looking. That's the one that I've been actually really looking for. Um, I thought so, Magic Fish was nominated for something. It might be. Superman Stretches the Clan uh, got nominated for Best Adaptation for another movie. Yeah. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't see um, Magic Fish. But I could have sworn it did, but maybe yeah. I just like pushed that out into the ether and pretended I, like I it am, did because it should have been. Mm-hmm. I'm also blind, so yeah, that's why I'm actually going over. Oh, the wait, list. oh no, that's a map. Oh, Map to the, the Sun by Sloan Leon. Yeah, Map to the Sun got nominated uh, for best publication for teens. Well deserved, yes, definitely. No, nope. that's uh, well, someone was someone was sleeping on that, yeah, yeah for exactly. sure. Everyone should read Magic Fish, including Eisner Award people. Absolutely. I'm surprised that they hey, didn't people, Unless it was counted as as last year? I don't know. No, like, it was released in... I but don't if, know. But if mm-hmm. Superman Specials of Clan and and, and Palatine... Map to the Sun and... and, and that, to the yeah. Sun, yep. Those all came out the same year as... Yeah. So who knows? Um, who knows? But if it is there, I hope it is. But if it's not, then that's definitely something that... It's uh, definitely a mistake. mistake. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Fix that. Yep, exactly. All right. It's a good list. It's yeah. definitely a good list of things to pick up and read. Mm-hmm. This is always a good a good uh, place. If you want a, a, a good place to get into indie comics, uh, definitely check out the nominees and just mm. kind of go from there. Re- re- read the descriptions. Do we know how, is it like an Eisner committee, like the Academy Awards committee? And is that how they do that? I don't know how awards things work. Yeah, there is a group um, that, um, that, that votes on these things. Um, I'm not sure who does the nominations, but like the, the, the group of people are usually like everything from like publishers to writers to, you know, like to, to people who write editorials and stuff about comics. So oh, okay. Just, Kind of a smattering of people. Gotcha. But as for as for nominating, I'm not sure who nominates. It probably says so in the article. I just didn't read the full article. I just got to the, the important parts, which is the nominees. Cool. I don't want to know how the sausage is made. I just want to eat the sausage. <laughs> um, so <laughs> all right. So okay, well, um, we're gonna get into our spotlights. Um Darcy, I want to go first. Oh, you, well, Carrie wants to go first. And, I want to go oh, first. Oh, just so you guys know. Carrie hasn't told us what her spotlight is yet. So this is going to be a surprise to all of us. Um, Total surprise. So I'm being a rebel and not putting things in the Google Doc to keep it interesting. So, as, and as someone who loves order <laughs> Google Docs, I've, uh, I, I, I've been really good not to say anything. Yeah, he has actually. Okay, so um, I'm trying to keep up with the web comics theme because I think for someone like me who sometimes doesn't have the attention span, 
for a 165 page comic book like the one we read today uh comics uh web comics are really good so i'm highlighting lunar baboon uh they are on instagram and their books and plushies are at uh golden bell studios so it's literally a dad who writes um little introspective comics and they're kind of like simply drawn and they always have a sweet little message in fact when you guys were going over um the Eisners and stuff like that. I was actually reading a couple and I started getting teary-eyed because they're just very sweet. And um, uh, the person's like, uh, the dad's actually starting to get some love. He was on the Kelly Clarkson show. He was mentioned by Jennifer Garner. Um, so uh, they have a ton of, they have over 668,000 followers on Instagram, but the, the, comic, the comics themselves are just really sweet. They're introspective. They just literally just give you a message about how to like, enjoy your life and how everyone has anxiety and how kids are crazy and animals are awesome so it's just really relatable in that respect and I enjoy them so I wanted to give them a shout out and highlight them because I like I really like the the little uh comics that they draw they're very good very talented and I'm glad that they're getting some um more mainstream love yeah they've definitely been popular in like in the in the social media and stuff like that they're definitely shared a lot like yeah in, in oh yeah for stuff. sure a lot of and, people share lunar baboon but it's so you probably if you haven't if the name doesn't sound familiar you, you probably read it it looks like a mid-30s dad with a weirdly drawn beard usually with a small child and or animal and that's and it's like a black usually black and white cartoon kind of very limited coloring a lot of nice introspectives about like uh depression and yeah getting old and stuff like that in fact there is one that i sent brian today when i was going through it and um it's it's called poetry and it's showing him the man writing and he's like oh, I want to write it like basically you're seeing a thing that says poetry and he tells himself god I'm so you know like I'm so bad at this and then um his partner walks in and he's like I'm thinking nice things about you but I don't know how to say them and she's like oh thank you for trying and it's just like it's just really cute it was a very nice little comic so yeah that's what I wanted to share very nice I'm done well, <laughs> definitely, I like that as well. Okay. So, Darcy, would you like to, to go on? Okay. Um, I uh, earlier this week, or actually, yeah, uh, earlier this week on Twitter, uh, Issa or Isabel um, shared this post that probably a lot of people saw, which was uh, people looking for references for um, uh, for magicians or for sorcerers. And it was uh, classic uh, orchestra conductors. And I thought that was really cute. I shared it and I looked into their, um, uh, their page and I followed them and found out that they did a um, webcomic uh, called Namesake um, and decided, oh, I'll read the webcomic. Well, <laughs> they started it in 2010. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, I, I certainly haven't finished it, <laughs> barely started it. Uh, and the art style has completely changed. So like it, it's kind of like reading any webcomic that has a long history to it mm -hmm. um it, it's definitely something that has a lot of love into it and uh, a lot of uh, evolution that's gone through it 
but what I know about it so far, that is a decade old, so might not <laughs> be true now. Um, uh, it's, um, it's kind of, you have these um, storybook characters. So you kind of start out with uh, Alice, uh, from Alice in Wonderland, Alice Little, uh, the real Alice Little, I suppose, uh, who has like in her own day gone forward in time and then comes back. And then you uh, like move forward from her period to like a modern day character. Um, and these characters are like in a library and you find out that there's like almost this uh police department or like uh, intelligence agency made up of um storybook characters uh who uh have magic and they are kind of I, i'm not quite there yet so i'm not sure what exactly they're doing but they're like either fighting each other or policing each other um but the art's really interesting the story seems to be quite interesting at cool. this point i haven't gotten very far in the plot because i'm still back in 2010 <laughs> <laughs> so i haven't gotten very far but uh it's an interesting idea like twisted fairy tales or twisted fantasy like is is something that i really enjoy and something i used to read a whole lot of like i love robin mckinley kind of stuff um so it, it's it's something that I, i'm a huge fan of so and i've not read a whole lot of it like it's not a, a hugely popular thing to do um or it like it it wasn't for a while like it went out of fashion kinley davis did like a lot of it and um i don't see it quite as much as i used to but hey this is some of it again and i love classical music i'm not any good at it i don't know much about it but like i watched the menu in competition just a couple of weeks ago <laughs> i am terrible at all of classical music but i think it's fascinating so the very idea that they're out here using you know conductors to be references for the music and the magicians is just like fabulous and fascinating awesome. and, and wonderful so uh I, it's probably going to take me a while to work my way up to today <laughs> mm -hmm. uh but uh i think i'll do it i i think it's i think it's interesting that's awesome the art's actually really cool we're looking at it right now yeah. and i like it yeah it looks really good i like the uh the usage of color this the how it's just kind of inter interspersed within the panels and stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like here and there, and it kind of depends, I think, on time, like where they are in time, is what it seems to me. Like depending on where the characters are in the timeline, or at mm. least in 2010. <laughs> yes. It, it kind of depends on and what the color is, and uh, like Jack, his uh, his fire is colored, uh, but Jack's not, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and I like the hair, like all the characters mm -hmm. are really fantastic hair. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say the same thing, and I was like, that was like the first thing that popped out was uh, was like, everyone has really cool hairstyles. Great <laughs> hairstyles. Definitely. Okay. Well. Very cool. Thank you very much, as always. And my my uh, 
hair, um, my spotlight, that's what it's called, um, and has no haircuts in it. Um, that's a but, horrible fucking segue. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Call me on my bullshit. Please definitely do that. Um, Coyote, uh, Doug Girl is the name of, of the uh, book I had chose on, uh, for my spotlight. It's by Lisa Hannawalt, and it is a Western. Uh, about this um, this woman who is a half coyote, half dog, and all girl, um, and her name is Coyote. Last name is Dog Girl, um, on a horse uh, named Red, and is running away from uh, 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 some other uh, cowboy dogs that uh, for, are chasing him for one reason or another. Not revealed right away, but revealed a little bit later in the in the book. Um, comes across some uh, a wolf pack, which are um, are kind of the indigenous uh, um, beings or people of of, uh, of this book. Um, in kind of goes through this little story. It's it's kind of a a parody slash um, actually almost like a tribute too to like classic westerns. Um, the mentions. Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid in the description, and I definitely do see that, even if I can't remember the name right away of, of, the, of the movie. <laughs> but um, what what what? But there's a there's a fun humor to it. Um, it's definitely a modern contemporary humor. Um, Coyote Dog Girl flips a lot of people off, um, and like it's I like that. and says so like bye bitches <laughs> and stuff like that to, to them. Um, there's a a slight content morning um there is um some there's almost some sexual violence in this but that that's one of the motivations that leads her to be running away from these people um but there never is any but but there is some attempted sexual violence in this yeah. yes and so um but and i just wanted to give you all a warning on that but i recommend it it's it's watercolored um yeah, it's it's yeah, bright pretty. it's fun you know um, and, and actually I didn't know this when I, when I had read this or when I picked it up, but Lisa Hanawalt, um, they might sound familiar because, uh, she's the creator of an adult swim show uh, called Tuca and Birdie and, uh, which has, um, Tiffany Haddish, oh. Tiffany Haddish and Ali Wong are the two main characters and it's a very, it has definitely the classic adult swim humor, which makes sense because, um, this book as well, Coyote Dog Girl, when I was reading it, I totally got that kind of weird, surreal, absurdist humor that a lot of the original shows on Adult Swim have, uh, like, you know, like the um, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and all those kind of shows, you know, like kind of almost like stoner humor, but a little more, a little right. more intelligent than some stoner <laughs> humor, but also very fun and dumb at the same time. Absurd. <laughs> all I know is Adult Swim is scary. They have scary shit on there. They do sometimes. Like at like 4 a.m. Yeah. Like when you're already fucked up because you're so tired. Yeah. <laughs> definitely does. But yeah, this is, um, yeah, this is definitely recommend. Um, it's, um, it's once again, it's, it's kind of sparsely colored, but it's colored, but the colors definitely mean something in the story. Um, it's definitely funny. It's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun comic. I definitely recommend it. Very cool. I'm probably not going to read it because I'm, not into sexual violence even if like threats of so yeah and that's just a page and I like know. page too much sorry and, and and the person who does it gets definitely their comeuppance no no no, no, no. i'm i'm saying as like a plot device that's fine like yeah. it's part of like the, the arc of the main character but as mm -hmm. someone who 
Yeah. I know. I t- no, you don't yeah. have to. But yeah, I totally get it. All right. Well, um, so I guess we're actually going to move on to our main topic then, uh, which, as mentioned before, is uh, Onion Skin by Edgar Camacho. And it is uh, was published by Top Shelf. Uh, this was chosen by me uh, by surprise because I can't even think today. Um, and um, and so I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and give a quick synopsis and also uh, choose why, say why I picked it. Now, the reason why I chose this book, actually, it, um, it came, I came across it. Um, actually, there's a multiversity article that I read every um, Tuesday called Comics Should Be Cheap. And it kind of each, each person that works for Multiversity Comics, they go through a quick list and, and has to choose like a kind of a, a pull list that's under $20. And it's a good place to find books that might have gone under your radar. And this was one of those books. Um, so I looked it up after someone had mentioned that this was on their list. And um, it was um, written by um, a person in Mexico um, and actually this won the best, uh, it was a best young graphic novelist award first ever in Mexico and uh, is now just recently translated here into the United States in English. So, um, and it came out a couple of weeks ago. So it looks it, it looked pretty good and I definitely wanted to check it out. Uh, we always talk about, you know, reading books from, from other cultures and other countries. And I felt like this was a good time to do that as well. Plus also uh, Darcy did a, did a swing for the fences last week with a book that, that wasn't read before. And I felt like I would take the same chance and hopefully have the same outcome <laughs> of it being good. So, um, Onion Skin, the story, is, is a semi-autobiographical story, as I, I read when I was reading some articles about the, uh, the writer. Uh, it's about a, a, young, a, man in art, a young man in, in Mexico who um, loses her job because um, one day they get kind of frustrated about having this job and, and sees no way out of this like Monday in life. And essentially purposely breaks their arm by, by punching through a window so that they can no longer work. Um, so this person gets um, severance. He, he, they, the company fires him, so he, he gets severance pay. We're going to intersperse a warning. If you're reading or if you're listening to this, don't do that. That's a horrible, horrible idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've all had <laughs> fucking dumb jobs where we want to either punch a window, punch a wall, punch our boss, punch a coworker, punch a cash register, which was always how I felt. Please don't do it. Okay. Just go. Especially not if you're in America where healthcare is not yes. cheap. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. the only thing you should punch is the clock. And that's when you're clocking it. <laughs> you punch that. Yeah. Oh, that's like totally that doesn't make any sense to somebody young, right? Because yeah. they no longer have, the, the have an actual punch time card. Back in my day, we had analog. <laughs> I mean, like my first yeah. job, I had a punch time yeah, card because I worked it's when well. I was 10, but. But yes. <laughs> but, so <laughs> um, so the um, our, our character in this story. Rolando. Uh, R- Rolando, thank you. Um, he uh, essentially has now kind of gone into a, a mundane life of just uh, kind of watching TV shows and eating chips every day in his house. Um, and 
uh, one day he's kind of forced to go out um, with with a couple of his friends because they know that he's kind of on, on a downward spiral, and uh, and and when they go out, he runs across a a girl who seems to have the same interest in the band that uh, that they thought both thought were going to be playing at this venue that they were going to, but then it turns out they're playing at this uh, venue but a different location across town. So he does um so so he really wanted to watch this band uh and so did the girls so they were like hey like why don't we just you and i get a taxi together and go see this see this band and um so the guy essentially ditches his friends and hangs out with this girl um this girl uh nira is a free spirit lady um she she lives in a uh, food truck that has been converted into an rv and um also has lost the keys to the uh, compound where she is uh where she is parked so she has to literally put like a blanket over barbed wire so that she can get in and out of... she doesn't hop it with barb she doesn't hop it with oh, a blanket i thought i, saw, I thought oh, was she... there i thought she was just a fucking badass I... and hops it herself i thought she put yeah jacket. i thought she was just a badass and hopping oh, it too but yeah. there might be a blanket over yeah, barbed wire yeah sorry no no, no worries i'm no interrupting worries. a lot so um Oh yeah, no, she she just she uh, she just she just jumps over it. Yeah, don't take away I, from Mira's I, awesomeness. I, I added I added the blanket, so I apologize. I am a wet blanket myself. Um, <laughs> so so then um, I will. Um, so essentially, what happens is that they kind of hit it off. Uh, besides being fans of the same music, um, they 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 kind of have like an instant kind of connection with each other. They go drinking. They get chased by the cops. Um, the um, Rolando gets really drunk and ends up picking his guts out and kind of passing out for the rest uh, of the of the night. Um, but before that, they ended up having conversation about kind of what they want to do in life. Uh, Rolando is kind of looking for a way out of the mundane. Um, Nira kind of mentions that she's always wanted to cook, and she doesn't know how to cook, but she wants to learn. Uh, her grandma. Um, had had cooked with her so um and and so he comes up with the idea of like hey you literally live in a food truck why don't we like repair this thing and why don't you and i just go on the road and and so so this sounds like drunk talk to nira which probably was probably initially <laughs> drunk talk and um but when they um so they he wakes up um, in Nira's bed, but Nira sleeps on the floor because, because she's a gentleman, essentially. Um, and, um, and so they are, um, and so um, she brings this up to him because he doesn't remember at all this conversation. Um, and then he's like, hey, that's not actually not a bad idea. Why, why don't we do this? And so um, he, um, so they end up on the road um, and also just bear in mind too this book is not written linearly uh the story starts out with them being on the run from a biker gang uh, while nero is holding just keep two- telling it literally <laughs> yeah so the best way to, do, to tell the story is literally but i'm just letting you know when when you're reading this you're not getting the, the story in a in a literal uh, in a linear fashion literal fashion brian linear fashion um so um what so they so go on the road um get kind of get uh the the 
the van and get the food truck all together to go on the road and they're actually a big success uh their their food is a hit um they're starting to get a following online uh everyone is enjoying their stuff well it turns out one of the places that they park their food truck to to get audiences or get uh to get um customers customers um mm-hmm. is is a it's a territory of another food truck and the person who runs this food truck is connected with a local street gang and they the street gang is used it to basically deter anybody else from from going you know from from selling in in her territory and um one of the the street gang members slash cook of the, of this of this other food truck um grab get some of their food to see if it was actually really good um it turns out it's he even says it's 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 delicious and that there's a certain spice to it that he's never um that he's never tasted before um so he um also had noticed that there was a couple plants in the back seat or back at the back of the food truck um and so he figures out that's probably where the um what, what these spices are so he breaks into their um into their food truck at night and steals the two plants and so it turns out you, and then sets the thank you and sets the the the, uh, the van on fire as well um so it turns out that these two plants were very near and dear to Nira because these are actually her grandmother's plants and that's where the special spice came from they know it's never even mentioned what the name of the spice is so really quick i'm gonna say something um because it's important to the story. So it's a hybrid plant that Nira creates with her grandmother. Her grandmother has a blend of spices and seeds that she creates and she smashes it in a molcajete. Yes. And so it's a mortar and pestle, but a mortar and pestle. Yeah. So um, she's smashing it and it's just a, it's about maybe four small little squares throughout like, you know, in this flashback of hers, but it's, very you can tell it's very very important to her Mm -hmm. and so I just wanted to stop you and share that because it's literally something that these two created out of created out of a shared passion and a shared love Mm -hmm. and I think that explains a lot why Nira jumps in a fire for it she literally jumps in the fucking fire to try to like go after those SOBs after punching Rolando in the face because he's trying to get her not to go well okay really quick he holds on to her for a second too long. Yes. He's grabbing her. Yes. He okay. Grab, grab, grabs, grabs her arm. Um, and I have a lot to say about this book. Keep going. With yeah. the so so she ends up punching him in the face and get trying to get in the car or into the food truck to follow them, but doesn't put out the, the fire and um, and basically passes out with smoke inhalation. So she wakes up later um, and, uh, and basically, th- so this time, uh, once again, um, so this time, um, she she's the one in bed and he's the one sleeping on the floor, and um, and basically, kind of, uh, Rolando basically says, you know, sorry for trying to hold you back, and she's uh, she apologized for punching you. And it's like, well, no, I kind of deserved it there. So, um, and they see on the news this other food truck that the only one has not been attacked by these uh, these this gang. So they figure this is probably the plate the, the food truck that uh, that 
that orchestrated this whole thing. And so they they all go to another um, a kind of a, like a festival that has a bunch of food trucks. Um, Rolando walks up to the other food truck and sees the plants in the back, figures it's them. Um, so he sneaks into their food truck, steals the um, steals the plants. You forgot how he does it. Well, I, I was about to say okay, that. Yeah, go, he, go, he, go. he steals the he steals the plants. The owner of the food truck catches him, so he literally tosses hot sauce into her eyes and but, well, you, but the whole chaos how it started the whole reason he has the ability to get the plants is because he's shit talking oh, with the, one of the cooks okay, yeah. who's a thug and he's like oh you know we have a ton of customers and they're like how did you get so many customers and he's like oh we're having an, an like a little gimmick we're telling everybody for the first five minutes everything's free and the idiot thug is like, oh, I would, I had the same promo idea. I can do it first. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it right now. So he gets on a bullhorn and announces it. And then there's like panels of chaos of all these customers. And like the boss is pissed that he did that because now, now there's a rush of people. Everything's for free and they're swamped. And that's how that creates a window of opportunity. Yes. Continue. And so. And then, like I said, he uses hot sauce to escape. Um, and um, and then they're basically on the run uh, without locking down the uh, the back of the truck. And so they're being chased by by uh, the the other owner of the food truck plus the gang. They're all on motorcycles. Um, the op- the back of the food truck opens up. Um, a few condiments and tomatoes and vegetables fly out <laughs> and cause one of the bikers to literally fly off a cliff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they show him give the thumbs up. So I guess he didn't get murdered there, which is good. Um, But then, um, so they are, so they evade the the people following them. And um, they then realize that they have to go on the the lamb, essentially. Um, But they also find, um, but it turns out that they're not going to be followed at all because the the other owner of the food truck gets their comeuppance, essentially, and is not going to be following them. Um, There's a part in where, when they're on the chase, where where there's a coyote that kind of goes out in the middle of the road. the uh, Rolando swerves at the last second and misses the coyote, but then what happens is, um, on the chase, the owner of the food truck, um, she um, doesn't swerve for the coyote, and hits it with her bike and uh, and 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 crashes. Well, the coyote smells the hot sauce the uh, that was squirted in her face, and thinks that she's food, and eats her. But <laughs> like the look of it yeah yeah well she is food yeah yeah exactly so so yeah um and so that's why that she's not gonna be coming after them but they don't know that so they kind of now um they kind of separate ways and and meet up again and uh, that's kind of the end of the story well there's the old lady they stayed with the hotel they were staying with an old lady who used to be a food truck uh, owner a food truck owner Uh, but she got ran off by that same gang and now that they think they're going to have to be on the run uh, they need to dump their food truck and they decide to give it to the old woman at the hotel 
because they don't need it anymore and she can have it now so they dump that and they're gonna go on the run just the two of them with their backpacks yes also a badass because she comes out of her hotel room with 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 a double barrel yeah with a shotgun Let's, let's and that she helped them at all even though you know she'd gone up with this gang before she knew yeah. what they were you know she was she was support man she was yes. there and she had their truck fixed for free yeah mm. and you can tell that she was a good lady because the guy even says like that old woman's like a mother to us anything for her yeah exactly mm. so and that's definitely kind of the, the one of the themes in this book is kind of the the, the family the the French family of friendship, I guess, is the best way to put it. You know, yeah, the fi- the family yeah. you make. Yeah, yes, exactly. Because yes, yes. um, even though it is kind of implied that there's some romance between, uh, Nero I never and got Amanda, that. There's kind. I didn't it, either. They slept yeah. in separate beds. I was gonna, I was gonna say exactly that. It kind of like towards the end when they're when they're hanging out with each other a lot, like when they're showing the pictures of them on the land and they're actually just partying it up and living living their best lives. There's there it kind of have that little feel to it, but uh, but. Uh, it definitely is not blatant and it's it actually probably you know can be construed either way definitely yeah. um and and so i also like the fact that it's like like that this was a story about a guy and a girl and it's not like a love a story one. or a sexual like yeah like a, a sex story essentially you know like they're they're it's it's they're about friends the first track. yeah yeah exactly and it's about their friendship and them just getting along with each other and kind of being what they each needed for each other Mm. so which i definitely liked um i have some issues with it um i I liked it the artworks uh, the artwork's fine um i think for the type of story it was it was really good um i'm really glad that we're featuring a comic from mexico uh that i really i i'm really happy with and uh i so Edgar Camacho translated this himself. I do not speak Spanish in any way, shape, or form. I can understand it. Some of the sentence structure in the way that it's translated, I can like 90% guarantee you it makes more sense and it's more beautifully written in Spanish just because there are some words that don't have English like correlation and so i feel like i feel like there yeah there's a vagueness to some of the stuff just because it's probably it's literally lost in translation um that but i do really love okay so i really love the stories of nira and rolando i don't know if i love their story together uh, I understand that it's not like a completely like autobiographical book, but mm-hmm. I do. There's something about it that I feel like there were tropes, mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily a fan of those tropes that I think I saw. So that's not something that I personally like. But I do the the story is fun. It's definitely a fun story. I do think Nira is, <laughs> I think she's a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, two things that had I got a visceral reaction on. Um, she doesn't take a shower. I do not see her take a shower when she puts on her clothes. 
in the, the when we're first introduced to her and for some reason that really bothered me i don't think there is a shower in her in her truck i just saw I her don't take showers in the morning no 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 no, no. that's fine but like i you never you never see that like she just literally puts on pants and i'm like why aren't you taking a shower that's just me that's it and also too he plays when he's depressed and i understand we all do weird shit when we're depressed he and he has his broken arm at this time he has like chips mm-hmm. chile lemon he eats it with his hand and then he plays the controller yeah. with a dirty ass chile filled hand and then knocks out yeah yeah. I don't like, okay, so this whole time I ate pizza for lunch. Mm-hmm. My fucking hand still smells like pizza. I have been smelling it this entire time. I've washed my hands several times since lunch. The fact that he's playing with chile soaked controllers is bothering. Like, it bothered me. I was like, what the but fuck? He's- it's he's depressed that's what i mean i personally would never do something like that i'm the same way but of course i understand but i was like but i'm just saying that had a visceral obviously it riled me up because i'm still bothered by it but (laughs) the funny thing is the food thing that i thought was going to rile you up was the fact that he gets his chilaquiles green sauce oh no (laughs) if i'm getting a chilaquiles burrito Mm -hmm. green sauce oh okay if I'm getting it just, you know, on the plate, red. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh no. And the fact that he had chilaquiles for breakfast, my favorite. Yeah. Was very it made happy. me so hungry. Yeah, I... exactly. This is definitely, yeah, this is one of those comics that will kind of make you hungry. It was so good. Even Yeah, I I read it like really late at night and the <laughs> taqueria down the street is definitely down the street, like six miles away, because uh, there is nothing down the street. I live in the middle of nowhere, but definitely close at two o'clock in the morning. Mm. that's not that far away can you drive there oh yeah but they're they're closed at two o'clock in the morning oh they're closed oh i thought you said that they i thought you said that they close at i was like oh Oh, closed in oh yeah yes yes yeah all right well um so i uh yeah i i really 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 liked it uh like uh like you said i said if that works. Uh, I was really looking for something like this. Um, and I'm glad it exists and I'm glad it came over. Uh, like Carrie said, I think I, I agree. I think they're, uh, the direct translation, uh, shows a little bit. I think a professional translator might have made other choices. Um, just like, coming from you know having read Mexican literature and from different translators like different translators make different choices Uh, it's interesting to see like him translating his own work uh, the choices he made maybe this is the best version you know it is his work his translation Mm -hmm. I you know it 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 was definitely readable i i got oh, what he sure. was going for i knew mm-hmm. what he was doing but it would it would have been interesting to see what you know like what a professional translator uh would have chosen if they would have made different decisions um uh because you know who knows i don't yeah. know i don't know i don't read spanish either i've learned it at some point but you know that was like <laughs> 20 years ago now uh, my spanish is not great yeah. uh, it was okay then it's terrible now uh, <laughs> um uh, the story was excellent like um 
again, like my familiarity with Mexican literature is very minor. We read, you know, like English degrees in America, we read very little of it. I've read like four Mexican literature yeah, offerings and, well. and myself outside of, I've read probably like five more. I have not read a ton of Mexican literature and that's my fault, really. I, I should read more. Um, as far as Mexican comics go, this is my first one, I think. I've read like three Brazilian and now this is my first Mexican comic and I, I really, really liked it. It's got like a lot of the stuff I like from Mexican literature and it's got... Uh, a lot of really vibrant colors in it. It's got a lot of really fantastic, um, interesting stuff that's been done with the characters that I like to see done with characters. Um, <laughs> the fact that it wasn't a romance just made me so freaking happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not that not that I don't love romances. I mean, I read romances, so I love romances. But the fact that we had this story that could have so easily been, you know, like a Bonnie and Clyde romance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's what, to some extent, it was, mm -hmm. um, but it also wasn't, uh, and that was excellent. I love, like, the magical realism element of the plants, like, the fact that they were, mm -hmm. uh, you know, magically better than every other spice that mm -hmm. uh, was made through the, like, love and hard work of, of uh, Nira and her grandmother. That's fantastic, this familial element of, you know, uh, the effort that they put in to nurture and and make this so that even like these two people who are really terrible cooks somehow make perfect food <laughs> yeah. that makes this food truck viral anybody who knows anything about food trucks knows food trucks are like you know there are food trucks all over the place making them viral food trucks is not easy mm -hmm. um but you know like I can't cook hardly at all. Like I'm an okay cook, but I would love a spice that just makes everything excellent. That's fantastic. That's like <laughs> food magic would be excellent, right? Yes, but it's not like overt magic. It's that whole, you know, that whole, no. you know, magical realism thing I love to see in any sort of, uh, you know, like thing I'm reading. I like just like subtle magic is fantastic. I love to see that. Um, the art was, was great and kind of interesting and not like a lot of things uh i read or see um i i don't know i just liked pretty much every little bit of it i i, I the only thing maybe i didn't like was uh it had kind of inconsistent pacing like mm -hmm. the beginning the the beginning had uh time shifts that it was in the future for a long portion or for a longish portion in the past for a really long portion and then suddenly it was going future past future past future past really quickly yeah and i preferred uh, a, about the halfway point where it was going back and forth a little bit more quickly mm -hmm. um, i kind of preferred that point the early part where it was staying uh, longer portions mm -hmm. I, I didn't quite like that so much because i would get caught on that time period and I was surprised yeah. at the shift. Uh, exactly. So I didn't like that. And I didn't like that it was inconsistent. Um, but like when it got really fast, like that one page where you had two columns mm -hmm. of panels uh, where it was back and forth, back and forth mm -hmm. between future past, future past. Mm -hmm. uh, and they had 
each had their own separate colors and it was like a tiled floor kind of thing where no color was the same next to one another. That was just a beautifully laid out page. It was wonderfully to look at visually, wonderfully to look at visually. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful to look at visually. <laughs> it was a pleasure to read because the pacing was, you know, even mm -hmm. because it, you wanted to look at it visually evenly. So reading it, pacing was even as well. Uh, so that worked. That page was brilliant. I kind of wish the whole thing was, uh, you know, balanced and parallel like that, uh, but it wasn't. And that would have been my only flaw to the book for me was that the pacing uh, wasn't um, balanced. No, I can mm -hmm. definitely see that. Um, one thing, actually, I, I can definitely be definitely applaud um Edgar Camacho on this on is that a lot of times when stories jump from time periods it, especially in comics sometimes it, it can be difficult because there's no visual cues of what what time period we're in mm. and so the broken arm on uh on Rolando definitely yes. serves that purpose where oh he has a broken arm okay this is the past okay he's no longer has a broken arm this is the present essentially that so, did not yeah, help were... me at all what? Oh. that did not help me at all <laughs> oh, didn't... oh okay sorry I was just like, there, okay, there were a couple there were a couple sorry. of things for me the broken arm the coloring because yeah. the coloring was different it was like the more pinky red and the more uh bright clear blue uh broken arm the coloring uh and the state of the food truck obviously yes those are those are the big ones um but also with the play the playing of time um there's that one uh it's kind of like midway through the um through the book there's a there's a page it's nine panels um uh, the middle panels the three panels are the hotel sign that they're staying at but mm. it shows the time passage of time by the one the one on the left it's it's nighttime and the the h of the hotel is lit up the next one is the rest of the sign and it's kind of like a morning dawn and then it's the afternoon and then so i, I kind of mm. like that as well to show the passage of like like instead of saying the next morning it's like okay here's these three panels real quick I'm literal. I need someone to say the next morning. Yeah. I think when <laughs> you'll get more used to it when you're yeah. reading more comics. But I think if I read this comic when I was first reading comics, I, I might have not got these little nuances. I, I'm just really happy we're featuring a Mexican comic. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like that makes me absolutely. Super I, yeah. I I enjoyed the um, speaking of like uh, of like kind of Mexican like culture, Mexican stories, uh, the usage of the lion in his dreams and mm -hmm. how it, it becomes like Mira uh, as well like and it's kind of like the symbol of like grasp you know basically taking chances and grasping hold of life you know so um and then and that that line is is drawn so beautifully and it has so many nice vibrant colors in it so it's definitely uh it definitely gives that dreamlike you know like that dreamlike feel to it which is which is nice I liked that Mexico was bigger than Mexico that it was what was the name of the country because it wasn't oh mexico it was yeah Me it was mexico yeah. but but it was spelled with a j but instead it, of and it was and it was like half of america it was like yeah it was like half of texas and all of california and if uh you mean the way that mexico be, should have been before the mexican, yeah. Pre -Mex <laughs> yeah. Pre -Mexican american war essentially yeah. but even more than that was it yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yes. Yeah, because it, it it was like it was Washington State. It was like half of Canada. It was That's it was fine. huge. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was no but but um but yeah no i i definitely enjoyed it one thing i really like once again um one that when we mentioned that the trope one of the tropes that we got that didn't go down that could easily have gone down the path of is like the like them having like the romantic relationship um and then another trope that this could have easily gone down and i definitely have to applaud applaud the writer for this for not doing this is the the manic pixie dream girl trope mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. okay so so i know that term a lot of people use it in a misogynistic way and they say basically any kind of weird girls officially a manic pixie dream girl which i definitely don't believe but i also believe that it is that is a sign of not using female characters to their full utility essentially and it's basically them almost as a MacGuffin for like the male character to like you know grasp hold of life essentially and mm-hmm. like and try to find a new path so obviously she does that in this book for him but the big difference is that Manic Pixie Dream Girls don't have a background. They don't have a history. They don't have, yeah, they don't they have, don't their, have their own story. They don't have their own story. Gotcha. And Nira has a story in this. And so that's, so, that, and she's a big part of, of that plot. It's not his story. It's their story. So I think the reason that when I mentioned like tropes or whatever, yeah. I think, I think the reason that I didn't necessarily like love this book mm-hmm is i am of the belief just me that people you don't need someone else to like find your own bullshit that you like yeah you know he literally finances her he literally takes his savings to do this and like gloms on to her dream because he's depressed and needs a way out of it i think that was my problem because i'm like dude therapy and meds mm-hmm. you have you live with fucking people you have you have friends like well you know i understand the bonding over drinks i understand that in fact the way that they decided on the food truck is the way that we decided to get married kind of yeah you know i appreciate <laughs> that but like i don't i think that was the thing that bothered me as i was like yeah. well, why Okay, so he just financed her and then now they and now they kind of build the relationship post that. Yeah. Like the friendship. But I think at the beginning I was like, okay, why do you why do we they why do they need it's it's not necessarily I don't know. I don't know I, how I to explain they, it well. They, well, I, I kind of get what you're saying. I think that they find the opportunity in each other. Yeah. Like uh, and 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 like you're right that you know, they possibly don't need someone else, but at the same time like it's just the the opportunity arises because of them being in the same place at the same time absolutely yeah because it wasn't just him it was her too yeah yeah she was also kind of stuck yeah yeah yeah. exactly i i just i i just don't i don't know whatever and it's that's great that they're friends now yeah (laughs) (laughs) did am i wrong in thinking that this felt open-ended like there could be more to their story oh no it definitely felt okay because you know where are they going now what are they doing now it ends with pictures all over the place and so like you obviously get stories about how they got to those places you know mm-hmm. so yeah no totally this is this is definitely an open-ended story and so um but i um but yeah yeah i no i overall enjoyed it um i liked the the mixture of, of like panel work it didn't stick to what a lot of people do when they first on their first books is they just use the nine panel you know pages and yeah there are nine panel pages on here but he uses 
he it, there's a lot of clever panel work like like there's like sounds that kind of bleed through other panels and or when he punches through the panel is punching yeah, through the window much, mm-hmm. exactly and so so yeah I, I i think that there's there was a lot of cleverness and a lot of love that kind of went into this essentially mm. and so well um, right. and also maybe his friends didn't want to help him because uh, they were tired of having chili stains all over their you know and I don't blame them <laughs> it's like dude you're late on your rent I know you're depressed <laughs> and you're putting sakis and chili I everywhere I don't want to taste my controller <laughs> right no I don't know it, yeah. it's it's a fun story yeah oh that's good all right well um, Darcy do you have anything you want to add or um I just, I think this could have been something, I I could see this being something very basic and very boring, uh, i.e., you know, like Thelma Louise, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, you know, they ride off into the sunset or they, you know, die together or it's a basic bitch kind of romance thing. Yeah. Uh, And it wasn't. It was something interesting and it was something fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's uh, something interesting to be done there that um, I, you know, it's not that I haven't seen something like this ever before ever. It's completely unique, period. You know, it's it's a buddy story. Yeah, it is. Um, but, it, you know, it's for the first outing of this person, I you know, it's really good. It's yeah, solid yeah. work. Um, and it, it took chances and it, it wasn't, you know, it, it didn't take the easy choices and I really liked it. Yeah, it was, no, you're absolutely right. It was really good. Good, good on them. They did a really good job. No, they definitely did. Um, what, one last thing I, I just kind of thought of right now too, is I really liked the representation of 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 women in in this book like where they they were definitely very powerful women in this book mm-hmm. and and um and it's always it's always always nice to see just in comics in general to to have especially even though this is story its protagonist is a guy it seems like the real powerful characters in this book are all women yeah well i'm and this is just this is just world news that we don't get featured a lot over here in the states but Mexico's going through a feminist revolution right now. Mm. So it's just really fucking cool that the rep- the representation of women is changing in, in different types of media, you know? Um, yeah. It, because it, you know, and I think I got all triggered when he grabbed her. Yeah. Because mm. I was like, oh, fuck. But he got his I, comeuppance. <laughs> I, I grew up with guys like that, yeah. you know, like mm. I know that. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> like yeah i was and, like oh my god let her go and the fact I that, that she fucking cold cocks him and yeah. i'm like great that's exactly and then the what fact that when he wakes up he's like yeah i kind of deserve yeah that. absolutely yeah it wasn't like what the hell why'd you punch me it's yeah like, no, exactly it's like you, you, yeah you were out of line and you got smocked, smacked and smocked and, smocked. <laughs> and yeah and then plus also the the other food truck uh lady um, she's head of a gang. She's I head mean, of a gang. Yeah, she is. And she's right on the motorcycle with them. And yeah, that's and like, she gets that's, eaten by a coyote. Yeah, that's kind of badass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Abuela is learning how to use her iPhone and draw on pictures. That's how she catches the guy. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. 
she takes a picture yeah. she's like oh my grandson's teaching me and she does the edit yeah and she, she puts the clown makeup <laughs> on the guy who, which was what he was wearing and i was like yeah. yes yeah exactly i loved that the, the power of grandmas power of grandmas it's awesome so definitely yeah. i do have to say <laughs> so when i was reading it i'm like why is it saying broom like broom broom all over the pages and i'm like duh idiot these are bees and yeah. bees are bees in spanish yes and i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah. because i know that yeah. because mom and dad but, but i'm like oh my god but, I but you're not used read, to seeing it i'm not like, used to yeah. reading anything so. and, and that was like there's some certain things that were not translated yeah that didn't need to be translated and yeah. that was like one of those things but broom broom yeah. sounds like a car yeah, yeah but, we, but, but we're used in to like english room, we write it room but these are v's and v's are b's in spanish yeah. the sounds that they make yeah. and he's writing it whatever that way darcy you're the english major how do you what's the onomatopoeia, uh, the onomatopoeia? Yeah. yeah yeah that's what he was writing thank you there are kids books that spell it with a b <laughs> yeah. are there i don't yes yeah, I don't there yeah. totally are there well, have to be because I've seen that before that I did not I did not tweak on that at all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like oh it's sure surely that has to be somewhere else because my brain did not <laughs> or else I just onomatopoeia really well <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that's that would be a good shirt actually I, I onomatopoeia real well <laughs> That cannot be the first time I've seen that. <laughs> That's awesome. I like it. Uh, all right. Well, um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I oh, yeah, good choice. About oh, thank you. Nice way to much. wrap up. I'm I'm glad that it worked out. You when you pick a book that you haven't read before, you oh. you run the gamut of of it not being good. And I'm glad this was a fun one. Accurate. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And um, and in my case, sometimes even when I pick a book that I like, uh, no one else likes. <laughs> so, so I read the gamut either way. So it's all good. Um, okay. Well, I guess we'll, we'll run over to the, uh, to the round table real quick then. Um, Darcy, uh, you had written down our topic. Do you want to kind of give a, a quick rundown on, on it? Yeah, we're going to do two quick things here today. I'm going to start with a quick statement that I want to make um, because uh, on the whole, you know, like Darcy, which we do for everybody, what's your comic book origin? Uh, every time we do this for me uh, and talk about like how I got into comics, one of the things I mentioned is how I got back into American comics. I talk about how uh, getting back into comics involved me reading fables as a teenager. Um, recently, uh, last week, this week, last week, whatever, a couple of days ago, uh, DC announced that they are going to be bringing fables back. Um, and this is a little bit problematic uh for so many reasons <laughs> let's get into them um bill willingham if you're not aware uh has called himself kind of like rabidly pro-israel and he did this many many years ago back before well, not before there wasn't any problems but back before you know like the last month when uh there was a horrific bombing campaign and uh lots of completely you know like mm -hmm. 
before this month when we've had uh, we've watched uh, so many uh, civilian Palestinians die uh, and their homes be destroyed. Uh, now, I'm not saying, you know, like Israelis need to die or anything. Um, that's also not true. Everyone should be allowed to live and be at peace. Mm -hmm. um, but bringing this book back now uh, with Bill Willingham not having at this point that we're recording, uh, having as far as I'm aware, I've reached out, I've asked questions, uh, made a statement uh, saying, oh, well, I've changed my mind on this or, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, like, I'm, you know, my support is conditional or something. Um, it is a little bit problematic, you know, like right now of all times, you know, <laughs> they're bombing again, like right now, there was a ceasefire and they're bombing again right now as we're recording. Mm -hmm. It's not good. Um, it's not just that he's supporting, it's that fables is an allegory for Israel. Um, and this isn't, you know, like supposition on my part. Uh, Bill Willingham put himself in the comic and said this out loud to Bigsby, the character. There's a page where this happens. This isn't, you know, this isn't something I'm making up. This mm -hmm. occurs within the comic. A lot of people are super excited about this. And, you know, like, as we say here, you know, you like what you like. I loved this comic as a teenager. Again, it got me back into American comics. I, I don't begrudge anyone who loved this comic. Most people who read this comic as, as teenagers loved this comic because it's a good, it's legitimately a good comic. Like I said, when I was talking about namesake, there's this concept of fables in the real world is a good solidly good concept and it was mm -hmm. well executed early on now if you read to the end of this comic i think anyone who's read to the end of it which isn't quite the end um most people who read that far uh, will tell you that it did not end quite as well as it began uh it definitely fell a bit off the cliff okay. um so I, I don't know if it will pick up well um, but it's kind of like a JK Rowling thing. Uh, are you going to support the kind of person who is talking in this fashion right now? He's not talking in any fashion and none of the people interviewing him are asking this question at all. Yeah. Um, and they should be, someone should be again, bombing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and he has not, I mean, the man's written for Breitbart, you know? like has he really it's, yes it, it's not like it, it's it's not like he's he has said that these things are political he has said that everything is political like he's not quiet about this mm -hmm. but interviewers are are going out and asking him about fables they're going out and asking about this this comic he's doing with dc and with batman and not asking him this question. I don't know if DC is not allowing him to ask this question, allowing them to ask this question. I don't know what's going on, but no one is asking this question of him. People who are asking this on Twitter are not getting any feedback. I know because I did it, not that I'm anyone special and not that anyone gives a shit about me, but you know, like, 
what the hell? So I I feel like I have to do this because I have mentioned this book on this podcast and I've mentioned it because not lying in any way, it was what got me back Mm -hmm. into comics. I did love this comic, but when I found out in my early twenties, like his beliefs and like what this comic was based on, um, I, I kind of moved away from it. I, you know, like when I was a kid, when I was in my teens, I'm not sure how much I would have cared, you know, when I was 16. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I had known, I don't know, but I'm not 16 anymore. You know, I'm in my thirties and it's not, you know, 2002 when you don't have access to this information anymore we do have access to it um we need to have access to more information uh some interview needs to ask interviewer needs to ask him this question Mm -hmm. uh we or something needs to ask somebody at dc this question Mm -hmm. like why now of all times and is this still you know like is is this still his quote unquote his word not mine rabid support for Israel it's not my word it's his word (laughs) I'm glad you brought it up because when we were in our in our podcast thread and you and you had originally said that he was coming back to fables that's one of the first comics I read I loved Mm. it yeah I we never lots of people do we never I never finished it I don't know if Brian I I got I got to when little boy blue is going back to the uh to the homelands and mm. and then I, I i got off for some reason and so, it sounds like well, it's yeah and like <laughs> and so we, you know i was originally excited and then you you know you brought it to our attention and i looked it up and there was an av club article from 2008 where bill willingham says that like he you know was just saying it to be controversial he thought it was the thing to say at the time i'm sorry say that again like a provocateur like it to be a provocateur and blah 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 and and, uh aren't all comics representative of politics and blah 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 and so it's like i read it and i'm like okay i i I can take some face value of what you're saying but you just said he bet you wrote for breitbart he wrote for breitbart a year after that interview so now that interview and him boot scooting out of it means shit to me yeah because anybody who fucking contributes to breitbart is a piece mm. of trash <laughs> and that i mean yeah i'm i'm definitely of the ilk where i'm like okay let's i want to hear from all sides because that's how i make my opinions on mm-hmm. things but the breitbart thing is the fucking thing that's killing me about this not that i was going to go pick up the new thing of fables but it was just kind of like like okay the jk rowling thing she's a piece of trash too i had Mm. a really hard time buying anything harry potter now but my brother and my sister-in-law love harry potter they're Mm. kids who are six gonna be seven and going to be three have only grown up on harry potter yeah i for the the love of my family cannot shatter their little happy dream of, of Harry Potter right. by telling them anything, yeah. you know, not at six. Yeah. 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 You know, I've talked to my brother about it. That's his decision, yeah. but I, you know, that's where it stops. Cause the kids won't even get it. Yeah. The kids won't get it. Even though yeah. like, even though my niece definitely knows that she has two aunts on yeah. that side, you know, like yeah. she knows that there's gay people in the world. She's pretty cool and smart, but like, 
somebody writing for Breitbart? Yeah. <laughs> like I can't get over that I bullshit. Mean, it, and the, and it's like, and it's it's a it's an edit it's an opinion editorial piece. Um, I'm on the website right now. I feel disgusting just even being on Breitbart, but like, yeah, good for uh, you doing it because I'm not clicking on it. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's dumb, and it basically he's talking shit about uh, the progressiveness and diversity of comics. Yeah, and and, and it's just which, like fuck yeah. you, dude. That's yeah. basically Comicsgate right there. Yeah, too, you know? and it's so, like no, yeah. you know, I would have listened. I would have been like, oh, the AV, the AV Club article. He said, okay, let's look for some more stuff, maybe you know, and try to investigate. Yeah. But fuck that guy. Yeah, it's it's not like, um, like the whole James Gunn thing where he was trying to be a provocateur and then he, that kind of bit him in the ass, and then it turned out that he actually changed his view and. He, and he publicly changed his view and it came out that he was actually not like that he was just trying to be an asshole back in the day um you know it's not like that it's like this yeah the leopard has not changed his spots if he does like he could come out and say something if somebody would ask him that question i've i've read three interviews and no one is going near it i am maybe maybe i've missed the interview it's possible i could have missed this interview but i've read three and at this point nobody has i'm sure the the interviewers were told by dc yeah what's that term where they you can't non-disclosure non-disclosure moratorium Moratorium. yeah moratorium on you know yeah, I'm sure that oh, you can't interview him if you ask him this question. Like, I'm sorry, but like but that's the question everyone wants answered. The, you writing for Breitbart is like you going on One American News and talking about racial diversity. Yeah, so exactly. fuck you. I don't want anything yeah. to do with you. Yeah, I mean it's good to to have information on all sides, but when that that side is based in hate, then it's a side yeah. that you really don't need to know. Because I appreciate it when people are like, oh man, I said this shit like 20 years ago. I'm such an asshole. Yeah. I am so, so, so sorry. That's yeah. not how I really feel. Exactly. It was yeah. a long time ago. Again, yeah. I was 16 when this came out. So it was a long time ago. And oh, and, and what what, you know, like what it was back then is not what it is today. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like it, it, I would argue it wasn't you know the situation between israel and palestine was not great when i was 16 i didn't understand it at all Mm -hmm. but it wasn't what it is today bad either so at all they broke the ceasefire and yes okay so they just got netanyahu out so is this like but it's it's not bb's an asshole no one's arguing bb's not an asshole but Mm bb's not the only problem gotcha it's the whole thing um yeah I have, he's not the whole of that government exactly. i i have a, a thing when it comes to art and artists called the oasis factor where it's like love the art not the artist and and um because i call it that because that, the band oasis was my first experience of that like where what these guys are pompous assholes and i hate them oh yeah but i love their music <laughs> so like but, feel, but in this situation really that's hard. kind of the thing yeah like you could bring fables back if you did it with somebody else yeah exactly it's kind of like like the whole joss whedon like the um with with boom studios they're 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 making buffy. firefly and buffy and the firefly is, is written by greg pock the 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 um buffy books are written by marco tamaki right marco tamaki and uh and jody belair and mm-hmm. so they got really good diverse writers and they're not writing like joss whedon wrote but they're Garbage. using the, they're using the same characters, and like I said before, like they're making money off of 
something that was created by someone who had a lot of hate in their in their in their heart and mm-hmm. but they're making it into something else different now which yeah. is nice yeah because the same thing can be said you know like i'm sure a lot of people who've written batman and superman in back in the day were not the oh, best totally. people but well that's that's yeah. like the reverse of jk rowling right like exactly. the problem with harry potter is that she owns soul rights so yeah. it's like I, I don't want anything to do with Harry Potter because well, one I don't she really gets- care about anymore. I'm kind of over it at this point. <laughs> but any any money anything you buy that's official Harry Potter anything, she's getting a cut of it. Exactly. And she's garbage. But if you had that IP spread out, mm-hmm. i.e., Marvel, DC, any of these other big IPs, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who, Superman shit somebody else is going to come in eventually if you've got one garbage writer whatever somebody else will come in and be good on superman eventually Mm -hmm. exactly maybe a rapist is writing him today but eventually somebody (laughs) exactly or maybe the character like spider gwen was created by a rapist and yeah jason (laughs) and 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 so so like i um, so I'm a huge fan of Spider Gwen, and and also and in the current Spider Spider Gwen books are great. Uh, Ghost Spider now now known as I think that's probably also why they changed their name because probably. because because of the Jason Latour like a literal rapist yes like a literal rapist and so so the other day um, Marvel um, on graphic novels it was like oh like like here's the um, the the Spider Gwen omnibus and I'm like oh good great I love Spider Gwen <laughs> and I was about to put it on my list and I'm like wait oh what yeah. what era of Spider Gwen is this and it was the the original Latour era and also the the artist too was not is not a great person either I forgot no. his name um, yeah Robbie something but yeah he they're they're both not good people and so but good character it, it's now being written by by shannon mcguire who's a great ya novelist and it's a great great story and also a very empowering you know character um mm-hmm. Haley steinfeld played her in the movies and Haley steinfeld's badass and so i love her you know i'm i'm all uh i'm, I'm all forced by her going just not just the guy who created not the her. asshole who created her yeah. wow yeah. eventually someone will come along exactly. it'll be better yeah definitely okay um you kind of also second me to, topic yeah. oh, we'll oh continue. Uh, oh just really quick um you just reminded me because we were talking about something that was vertigo shelly bond who i also mentioned before and i guess this should have that should have reminded you before she has a kickstarter i i contributed to it um a little, a little bit earlier she's she's writing her tell-all editorial um book <laughs> about uh, basically <laughs> basically about how how it is to be an editor how to be a female editor in a very male-dominated um industry um um there's there's three artists on it um emojin mangle laurel hole and sophie doxson um that <laughs> they're all pretty good artists um she also has tidbits and stuff coming from uh, writers that she's worked with, including Neil Gaiman. So um, that kind of had me sold. Also, and also Philip Bond, her husband, is a, another contributing artist in this. And so, um, um, yeah, I want a, a tell-all book. It's on Kickstarter. Uh, it has great art. It probably will be talked about later when it comes out. When it yeah, no kidding. delivers, um, I'll put the link in in the show notes as well. So um, absolutely, they're, I think they're working on their third or fourth tier right now. They they've hit the, they've hit the the publishing um, amount that they needed to start publishing it, but they're they're oh. hitting all the the tiers now. 
so the special one. Awesome. Yes. So that is awesome. So please contribute because I want more stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, besides that, we also want a cool book to come out. So definitely. All right. Okay. Second topic. topic. Um, DePaul surprise. Uh, you probably saw this. Maybe you saw this. This did not get enough press. No. Uh, but if you're on comics Twitter, uh, you might have seen this pass you by because a couple of people talked about uh, the Pulitzer Prize uh, did not give an award to editorial cartoons, uh, which is complete and utter absolute bullshit. Uh, so what this essentially is, is that the uh, Pulitzer Prize, if you don't know what it is, it's this uh, big fancy pants journalism thing that every year uh, they give awards to lots of different categories, uh, journalism, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of different categories of lots of different kinds of journalism. Included in this is editorial comics, uh, which are editorial cartoons, rather, uh, which you guys will have known because... Uh, hey we've covered a few editorial cartoons in this podcast more than a few uh i think what was it last week last week we did one with or two weeks ago probably uh with the um uh, uh with the uh i can't remember the country right now why can't i remember countries indonesia anyway so i've done several of these myself um, we had one about, you know, like COVID-19 earlier uh, or last year, rather, you know, we've done several of them for the pod and we're not a journalism podcast. We're not a cartooning podcast. We're a comics podcast. So we don't do, you know, like cartoons. We do comics. Uh, but, you know, some of them are just really friggin' fantastic and I have to talk about them. So I yep. do. Exactly. Uh, but they had uh, three uh, finalists that were picked. Uh, these are picked by recommendations like people from uh, there's a uh, uh, like there's a it's not a union, but it's kind of like that. There's a group uh, of, of cartoonists and they nominate uh, and it was uh, Lalo uh, Alcaraz, yeah. um, uh, Marty Tubal Sr. Uh, and Ken Fisher were nominated and uh, they made a note, uh, the people who are complaining about this, uh, rightfully complaining about this, made a note to say that uh, it was a kind of a Jewish person, a Native American person, and a Latinx person uh, who were nominated this year. It's the first time ever that this kind of was happening. All these minority people were nominated. Uh, and it just happened that no one in this category was awarded a prize. Mm -hmm. Why? Um, it wasn't that these people were not making good uh, editorial comics or editorial cartoons because uh, they absolutely were. Uh, Lalo made this uh, on my personal Twitter and I will pull these over myself to my, you know, like comic or my podcast Twitters. Uh, but uh, Lalo made this one that's about the uh, hysterectomy that hysterectomies that were being done by the ICE detention centers mm -hmm. uh, that 
blew my mind. Like it was so good and so hard hitting and, but just, oh, so good. And they're just fabulous and they're biting and they don't pull any punches. And I mean, that, that might be why maybe they're just too good and too hard hitting. What do I know? Uh, maybe it's because they're super racist. That could be it. Mm -hmm. But editorial cartoons are important because they're super simple ways to keep up with the news. A lot of people don't know about that hysterectomy thing, but mm -hmm. it's super easy to learn about when it's a one panel cartoon. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And they're just pushing that away like it's not a big deal. And it's a huge fucking deal that these people worked really hard for. They did excellent work for. And it's not just that they're, they could have given, they, they could have tied them. They could have just not given a shit and picked one they didn't care about. Oh, whatever. We'll just pick Ken Fisher, you know, mm -hmm. like, fuck it. Um, but not awarding anyone is a statement. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even say what that statement was. Yeah. Because the only category they didn't award anyone for, and they didn't say why. Again, there's some bullshit going on here. And I don't know what it is, but it's some bullshit. And editorial cartoons are important and fuck these people. I don't, who, who makes up the Pulitzer Prize committee? A bunch of old rich white dudes. Old rich white dudes that are assholes. Here's but my conspiracy theory. Because it. this is all during like, these are all editorial cartoons of shit that happened during Trump. Mm. Especially during COVID. And, and during the last COVID. Year, and Black it, Lives Matter. And, and the ones that were submitted are very much COVID related and Trump related. So yes. they're all a bunch of fucking old, rich, white anti-vaxxers who love Trump and Trump bought them off. Mm -hmm. The thing is, what the Pulitzer Prize people can do, interestingly enough, is they're given a group of finalists, but they don't actually have to pick from that group of finalists they can technically pick someone else too and sometimes they do but they didn't because it's more of a statement yeah to not give any award out exactly to pick anybody exactly and it's more of a fuck you statement it's a total mm -hmm. fuck you statement. Yeah, this isn't like a, oh, they were just all so good. No, this is like a fuck you. We don't like your pro-vaccination, liberal, quote unquote, agenda. Anti-Trump. Yeah. Anti-Trump yeah. agendas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a statement. And I, what I think a lot of, just from like, I, so I'm like, I try to avoid a lot of news just because I can only take so much before I go spiraling into a depression. Mm. So, um, but just from what I've been picking up, uh, the Republican parties at a thing now where they're trying, it's like Trump's still the guy. Mm. So they're all trying to still band together and get, so anybody who's not for Trump, they're ousting from the party, yeah. whether it be like in the Senate or Congress or from ever. Like a cult. Yeah, like a cult, definitely <laughs> very cultish. So what better way to secure your political leanings, your financial um, prosperity in the future than to align yourself with the devil now 
and be like, okay, Trump, you know, we're not going to fuck over him because when he gets elected, I'm doing air quotes. So like when he gets elected president in 2024, or takes over, I'm not putting that shit into the universe. What? Or takes over in September, like he says he's going to. Because he's a fucking, yeah. Anyways, so like (laughs) people will do that to just for what they think is their own benefit not for the benefit of mm-hmm. anyone else so that's just my kind of conspiracy theory viewpoint on that yeah the official i can't see uh, i can't see not picking from any of those three cartoons the official report was that none of the three finalists got three got a majority vote but the thing is is that there's only three finalists how does it not a majority vote? Unless you have a nine-person panel. Yeah, exactly. You, exactly. Or a 12-person panel. I mean, yeah, the, the, just the, you know, three three nominees is not going to all get a, a minority vote. You know, like, that's almost impossible. And it's something that's, like, never happened mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you would have to have abstentions. Yeah. Right? It's, they they gave some years that it's happened, but like it's it's been at least forty years, almost fifty years. That, that yeah, it's, it's it hasn't happened in a long, long time. Yeah. The only way it could happen is if abstentions. Yeah. People exactly. not not voting. Yeah, exactly. And which I can see again, old rich white guy being like, "I'm so offended, I'm not going to vote." Yeah. yeah. Like, why don't I vote I for these see. guys who don't agree with me? It's like, well, I'm going to vote for. That's the whole point of. Yeah. Political. And in that case, why not introduce somebody else that you see as either non-contentious? Because, oh, because Breitbart didn't have enough entries I, this year. I honestly feel like <laughs> I also I also honestly feel that if they did that, um, so this has created a little bit of a rumble. Like you said, you know, you, you might have not heard of it. It's not getting a lot of play. If they they bypass three cartoonists of of like of my like minority yeah, cartoonists yeah. and went with Johnny White Republican guy. That would be worse. Then that would be a bonfire. And yeah. so the, so this is their way to to have a political statement and also be under the radar. Language. Under oh, the radar. Yeah, under the radar. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not gonna curse. I was about to curse, but I'm not gonna curse. No, that's our job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're right, Carrie. I think you're right. Yeah, no, totally. It keeps it under the radar. And so, yeah, it's just. I mean, like, also, if you want to get into the the nitty gritty of it, of it, what's one of the first things a fascist government does when they're trying to control the people? They get rid of the media. They get, or they control the media. Or they, they control get, the media. Exactly. But I, and I think this, well, I think it's a good statement for the power of editorial cartoons. Mm-hmm. It yeah, is. It is absolutely. Definitely. If this is, if I think for a, the lay person who maybe has never really think that they've seen an editorial cartoon or understood one, this is a great jumping off point because now it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is real time like effect like effective politics going on this is a time that i would jump into them i'd be like wait yeah. what's all this shit about like why why aren't they doing this like why you know i would be interested in them even I, more so now i subscribe to the the nib uh, yeah i love the nib the the yeah the the, the daily um newsletter that they have so do i yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's and, good 
that's I I like my sleep, so I give myself only like ten minutes to not be getting ready in the morning. <laughs> so that's kind of what I do in the morning. It's like the kind of just like you know get my brain flowing, and it's a good way to to, to kind of just wake up, essentially. And also, it is it's it's a it's an easy fun way to digest information. It's not just like current events that they go over; they also go over history and and stuff like that. They had a really nice comic a few months ago about josephine baker that was just like yeah. wonderfully put together and so it's a, it's a good way to to get information that you know and digest information in in you know in a more digestible fashion so and we're big fans of shing and core here and yes mm-hmm. uh, they're a contributor yes they, they are. are yes i uh, um i was a sub- i was a subscriber to the new york post not the, not the new york post the new oh. yorker for a long time <laughs> because they had uh they gave away free tote bags and i'm a sucker for free merch yes so i was um like they're all like satire and like culture and editorial cartoons and so a lot of the time i would like read them and i would like text my brother and be like oh did you hear about this that's going on in like the upper west side or whatever whatever and he's like you're more new york and like elitist New York that a lot of people I know. He was like, stop he, reading the New Yorker. And he lives in Brooklyn. And he way. lives in Brooklyn. So, so he was like, stop it. So yeah. I'm like, but this is going on where you live. You should be like into it. Don't you know? And this? he was like, do you understand the cartoons? I'm like, no, but I pretend to. Yeah. <laughs> like the Seinfeld episode. Like the Seinfeld yes. episode. <laughs> what does this mean? Yeah. But 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 well, joking aside, those the, there are there are meaning behind a lot of those. Yeah. Episodes, it, so. And I mean it's they're like I may not I don't consider myself well-versed in political stuff at all um but they are a really good way to learn about things and even if you do or you don't agree with them it's just it's a good way to get real real real-time news and it is and I think they're important so and especially at a time where there is so much news and you're getting hit with so much news and Mm -hmm. it can be very hard to keep up um and it's stressful to keep up with so much news um editorial cartoons are kind of a like you said earlier one of the two of you i don't even remember now it's digestible yeah totally 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 digestible and and the thing is too is that this this time period that we live in with everything that's going on like even just the aforementioned israel palestine stuff that's going on um trump blm all all that stuff in covid and everything like that there's no possible way that you can make the argument that not a good political cartoon was made during this time or an editorial cartoon was made at this time not a single one nary a one yeah (laughs) it's not like this was like a weird slow time in the world this is no i'm really curious you know, because like two, 2001, like 9-11, that was a huge turning point for our generation. And I know, Darcy, you're a little bit younger for, like than us, so I don't know if that affected you as much as it did us. Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just a little bit traumatizing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like it was COVID, I think, will be, the, it'll be like, that turning point for like young people today this, i'm very curious it's really just, worse I, yeah i've heard i've heard covid referred to as the non-violent 9-11 yeah i'm very and curious a, to yeah. hear like in 25 years what people think of this time yeah very curious it just like how 9-11 changed our world 
COVID, the world's not going to be the same after everything kind of goes back to quotation marks normal. It's not ever going to be normal. It's going to be I'm just so like scared to leave my house now. You know, just the you know like more security at, at public events and and mm. like stuff like that. Like the way like what happened with 9-11, You know, it's, it's <laughs> just is, a little bit more than just yeah more security i know i'm just saying like like this stuff like that like, like no yeah like, just like the your minutiae your daily minutiae i think it's gonna depend on where you live yeah that's mm. true texas don't give a fuck yeah that's, don't give yeah. a fuck no and um our, how do you yeah. feel about that darcy well you know that's what it is it's always, <laughs> let's hopefully what am i gonna do shut down no. the whole state myself yeah did you hear what the Arizona governor did today? No. No. They did an executive order. So that way they are um, banning the rules at universities and public schools who want to allow masks and social distancing. So if you're a school saying, oh. okay, we're still implementing masks and social distancing. The they're Arizona, banning them. They're from, banning. Yeah. From doing I that. Don't, why why does what, an why, why does someone wearing a mask negatively affect someone who doesn't want to wear a mask there's uh, that oh my god you, you heard the ERCOT thing where they're like oh texans you gotta turn off your freaking acs and don't run any of your appliances and i'm like you bitches mm-hmm. couldn't get people to put on a mask you're not gonna get people to turn off their air conditioners yeah. in texas in the summer are you out of your brains and because that is not a political issue that that is a living issue yeah, yeah exactly it's i mean yeah it's 110 percent humidity and like 110 degree weather it's like people people were dying in a pandemic and texas yeah. didn't care they were going yeah. to restaurants they didn't have a mask on they didn't give a shit no yeah they're gonna run their ac uh, you gotta run your ac in texas i mean well i'm not but yeah but well you're a brave brave person well, it would you'd be able to hear it right now. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we. Yeah. Same with us, uh, but like I said, <laughs> so, uh, off off of the mic, I'm pretty sure our our heat is definitely not here anywhere near. Uh, yeah. So, editorial comics. Editorial comics, read them. Yeah. Read them. Read They're them, great. No matter people, what the people do. People do hard work on them. They're Absolutely. not easy. They have they serve a really good purpose, and that is to hold some motherfuckers accountable mm-hmm. and to let you know about shit you might not be paying attention to. So sign up for the nib, you know, yeah. like follow some fucking people on Twitter or they're Instagram. Of, it makes information available for everybody. Yeah, and they're the kind of they're the kind of comics that um, artists like in Turkey get jailed for yeah so that too yeah people are risking them their fucking fucking lives for this shit people risk their freedom their lives the lives of their loved ones to put out information for all of us so support them so we have to support them definitely 100% and you want to hear a a little on topic but kind of a silly brian kid story what um when i I, I I first heard the, of the Pulitzer Prize um, in a movie. I forget what movie it was. Someone said, "I won the Pulitzer Prize." Blah blah blah. Like some some writer, and I thought it was the Pulitzer Prize, like the like a Pulitzer Prize. Oh, how cute! And so I was like, "Why why is this award called the Surprise?" Like they did like boom, you were nominated, and you won. And I'm like, then it wasn't until later I it was the Pulitzer Aww, Prize. I like that. <laughs> 
that you know, so your hearing was bad adorable. even as a child and then i was like i'm going to college i'm getting married I'm 19, yeah i'm getting married when i was 25 <laughs> no i think i was like maybe like 10 or something oh that's really that. cute that's so, sweet adorable so all right well uh you guys have anything else you want to add on besides besides editorial do you have anything else uh, do we have any reading planned oh, for the summer break actually i think I, we have one thing to do brian has one thing to do yeah i i told well one i haven't even thought about what it's going to do over the summer i think i'm going to catch up on my dc and marvel because i've definitely not read much of that over the three weeks but i we got the jelly and i need to read that yes yes which we probably might do as a topic. I got to eat yesterday. From TKO. Okay, what? You're like oh, making little... <laughs> so, in uh, the end of the season tradition that uh, now now we've done it three times, now it's a tradition. Um, there you go. The, what was your favorite uh, book that was a main subject this, this uh, last 10 issues or 10 episodes? Darcy, do you want to go Carrie. first? Or, Carrie's or, not done it yet, so Carrie can go first. Oh, okay. okay. So, um... Well, let's see. Do I have to pick a? Okay, you can do whatever so, you want to. But okay, like main topic. I'm gonna fuck you, fuck you. I'm gonna do it my way. Okay. I don't know <laughs> why I said fuck you, but sorry. That's <laughs> totally <laughs> mean. <laughs> I don't usually do that to you. I apologize. <laughs> um, so I think I was gonna say fuck it. I just came out fuck you when I rolled with it. Okay. This so the truth I have out. a multi-way tie because I really enjoyed the ten-way tie. <laughs> so I really okay obviously book hands down the magic fish yeah so fucking good loved every second of it it's good feelings about the tears and emotions I had loved the art blah 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 we talked about it at length okay but the rest I actually really enjoyed every um episode that we had like a guest on mm-hmm especially with Rebecca and with Richard yeah I really enjoyed those episodes a lot because um I thought they were fun and I mean obviously like Shabbat and like Levin's like I really really enjoyed yeah. it too but I think with Rebecca because it was the very first episode I was on and Richard is just so fucking charming Richard I know you're listening <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just want to know. I want you to know, friends. He is that so charming. You're so charming. So much fun. I mean, like, I literally asked everybody afterwards if you could just be a permanent guest all the time because it was just so much fun. So, um, but yeah, the Magic Fish as the book, hands down, mm-hmm. so good. I'm so glad you guys made me read that. Oh yeah, it, that is a fantastic book. And yeah, I I um, messaged Rebecca and Richard and basically give an open invitation like well at least once a season <laughs> yeah definitely to, to come so you'll probably hear them next season as well um maybe it's same episode maybe we'll have a, a big symposium episode or maybe actually that would, that would be kind of i mean i really helped derail this episode by laughing at an appropriate oh, yeah. time so yeah i think a bunch more people might be kind of fun <laughs> all right well um darcy how about how about yourself Oh God, this is so difficult for me because it kind of is a, uh, at least, uh, I mean, it kind of is a 10 way tie. I, I kind of just skimmed candy <laughs> yeah. flurry because I wasn't on it and yeah. didn't actually, I wasn't on two this time, but I did read Merrick, even though I got sick. Um, I really, I really liked Merrick. 
mm-hmm. Elephant Man. Um, so that one's really high up for me. Magic Fish is obviously kind of same thing. Like, holy crap, that's probably it. I really fucking liked Bitterroot a lot. Yeah, Bitterroot was really good. Um, God, I just really liked fuck and i thought about this so much and it was like i'm totally gonna say um and then it it hurt my heart to avoid all the ones that i didn't want to say and then it was like what am i gonna do uh fuck ah (laughs) Uh, i think I told myself I'd pick one that I wasn't mine, but mm-hmm. um, I think I have to pick one that was mine. Uh, and I'm going to go back to Sound, a comics mm-hmm. anthology, um, just because it had so much in there that um, was different. Mm-hmm. Um, and like was stuff I hadn't read before and had different art and different styles. Um kind of a close second to that might have been like uh, Don't Go Without Me by Rosemary uh, Valero O'Connell which I also mm-hmm. really really liked mm-hmm. um, and then uh, since we're doing like stupid friggin ties um, Bitterroot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Bitterroot was also like super fucking good and I need to continue on to that Yeah. Um, but that's like magic fish is definitely like number one number one number one but um it's like a michael jordan situation yeah it's kind of like you can't (laughs) pick magic fish because we'd all pick magic fish um and that's probably why it didn't get uh, the eisners because everybody picked exactly well obviously it's it's like too good for the eyes i I, I won't pick magic fish because i know someone else is going to but everyone said that (laughs) no magic fish was actually submitted for the pulitzer prize for editorial cartoons and that's why no one month exactly (laughs) but yeah so i think our last last season this season i think of the 20 books technically 21 because we did two books with siobhan um Mm that I've enjoyed every book. The only book I had not enjoyed the last like 20 like books that we've, we've read is, um, is Afterlife with Archie. Like I didn't really like that I'm one. I'm totally offended. That's it. And I, I did. Episode. Yeah. And I think that's just more of like personal as well. Of um, I loved and, and it. Obviously because it's subjective, objective, whatever, whichever one is personal. Is that objective? Subjective. Subjective. I always do that. <laughs> um, and watch, so watch me be wrong but yeah. i'm pretty sure it's subjective so um um obviously magic fish would be my <laughs> and, and i almost i almost framed the question what besides aside from magic fish what, what was your favorite book for this week or this this uh this season um i will have to say um uh, uh, that I, I enjoyed Bitter Root the first time I read it and, I, and I've been reading it individually. Mm-hmm. I did not, I knew I was going to like it better as collected, but I didn't realize how much more I was going to like it collected than I did. Like, I really enjoyed it individual, but like just collected, this is a fantastic collected editions, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. volumes. And it, re- it reads great either way, but it's it just loads better, like, as as volumes and so i i that was a big surprise that was definitely um one, a favorite thing to read and um also 
uh, shout out to last week, um, the what we don't talk about because that it was so good. Oh, besides so, being really good, so it hit good. a lot of personal notes, and so um, you know, mm-hmm. like um, books that not only you know, like I mean, obviously we kind of see ourselves in like anything that we read and, and like what we really like. You know, probably we can see a p- aspect or a part of ourselves in it, but that book definitely had a lot of experience in it that um, that I've experienced and I'm in Carrie I don't I am beautiful like Farai that was why it felt so personal yeah (laughs) 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 it was an excellent book it was I love it so much just remember you are marrying your spouse or you're in in a relationship with your with your significant other you're not in a relationship with their family this room to that accurate yeah. yes absolutely so. but when i divorce you i too am going to wear beautiful blue lipstick and a hell of a black dress sounds nice. I, yeah i'm gonna di- do the same thing <laughs> when we we'll be twinsies, <laughs> we'll be twinsies divorce each other. <laughs> like, i'm not changing okay so well you guys have anything else to want to add or Thank but, you for having you, me on. Darcy, this has been fun. Any, uh, besides Jelia, um, anything you're going to read? No, I don't now? think so. I'm, you know, I'll just go through MU as it updates and read that and yeah. then Jelia and then mm-hmm. sleep some, hopefully. God, mm-hmm. I, you know, sleep yeah. sounds great. Um, but yeah, Jelia came in and I'm super excited about it. I've read like, you know, between work and trying to get my washer dryer fixed oh no massive ball ache that this has been i've read a couple of pages and it's excellent so far holy crap it's so good (laughs) uh we're definitely that's definitely on the list for next season that's coming awesome definitely and um carrie how about how about yourself do you have i'm going to read not comics oh really oh yeah okay (laughs) perfect (laughs) I'm so excited. I found my vintage babysitters club books because we're doing, we're doing home stuff. Um, we're, we're hoarders. I mean, like one step below my parents save everything sent semi sentimental from our childhoods. And this is my childhood home. So we've been here for almost 40 years. Um, so you and I have been here and for Brian and I have been here 13. for 13 years. So yeah. we have a ton of stuff and I, we've just been cleaning and going through everything. So I found a bunch of books, my kid books and my YA. So I'm going to hit that. And mm-hmm. I start a new job. We have family visiting. We're yep. going to actually be kind of busy. We, well, I have a whole bunch of prints that I'm finally get framed and oh, yeah. put up. It'll look good. So it'll, it'll look nice in here. Um, and also, um, we're we're going down to San Diego this weekend, and, um, <laughs> and there's, a, there's a comic book shop that um, I absolutely <laughs> love there in San Diego, uh, and that's I, I, that's where I picked up the uh, the the DC oh, um, yeah. the Asian American um, like month tribute uh, book that they came out with. So my plan is to get the uh, the LGBT the Pride book. That would be awesome. That um, a physical copy of it, and uh, so that I don't have to wait six months to read it. I'm gonna read um, it. Well, Darcy, do you have anything else, or should nope. I bring this to a close? No, nope. go for it. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, as always. Um, and we have reached the end of the show. 
Um, you can email us any questions or comments at commentsisorbetter at gmail.com. Um, Instagram and Twitter is cdbpod. Uh, website is commentsisorbetter.wordpress.com, uh, where you can request subjects for a future show. Especially during this next three weeks is a great time to request it because we're going to chart, we're figuring out what we're going to talk about for 10 minutes. So please email us message us um don't forget to uh, also follow rate and tell a friend about the podcast um darcy where can we find you i am on twitter at books underscore serial and i have a website books and uh though right now i'm just really working on twitter as marvel puts out wastelanders mm-hmm. uh, old man star lord um so i'm on there until we get through it and then i will update on the wordpress site um please listen to old man star lord though i not like marvel needs the money but yeah. i think you should listen because it's freaking excellent this week story. we got craven the hunter Ooh, and yeah. it was freaking fantastic next week we are going to get emma frost yes voiced by uh, Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yes. So yeah. very cool. Um, but um in the Craven was that Craven was great. <laughs> like asked, oh my god. Asked a legitimate question and all of a sudden he goes off about like how he saw a scorpion kill a kill a man oh, and then funny. he killed the scorpion. I mean, like like just you know, told non sequitur. I'm a crazy Russian hunter that has no mind left, essentially. Yeah. Except the kill. Because he's also old man Craven. Exactly. They're calling him that, but he is yeah. old man Craven the hunter. Now, oh, I, I hope. Fabulous. So my favorite Craven is still to this day the Squirrel Girl Craven with the yes. with, with the Cray van, which was yes. <laughs> the van with the, the art on, si- yes. on the side of it. Yeah. Mm. So Such hopefully a good Craven. that will make a, an appearance i hope one day in some other media besides comics but definitely squirrel girls is worth the read just for the craven yeah and, and craven so um but yeah um so i'm at brygen 2814 twitter and brygen underscore cb on instagram um so for darcy and Carrie, you didn't ask me for my socials because well, you don't want to give them i'm gonna give my instagram are you i am it's a private account but you can message me and i will add you she will not add you i will add you i'm it was a surprise (laughs) for the end of the (laughs) so it's staff rico it's um s-t-a-f-f-r-i-k-o um so go ahead and send me a message and i'll add you i'm blossoming as a human being god damn it we're so proud of you thank you little steps little baby Baby steps. steps yes and also johnny has come you guys can't hear him but he has come to say hi to all yeah. of us um so on behalf of darcy carrie and johnny because he's here <laughs> i'm brian and this has been the comics are better podcast remember comics are better and everyone deserves comics bye goodbye bye-bye Okay. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> we need a water break. You know how they do when it's really hot? Yeah. Like for the soccer players. I need oranges, orange slices also. Um no the the okay, so um onion um onion skin by Edgar Camacho. Uh the reason why I chose this book was... oh, I can see his brain looking.
shopping in orange in this It is so stupid. I'm sorry. Let's edit. It's edit like again. A, no worries. Um, so so Edgar Camacho, so I need to skip my Edgar Camacho. Um, 